Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate Hanley, your host and author of the book of the same name. When life goes sideways, it's tempting to neglect your body. After all, there are plenty of very important things to worry about right about now. Something's got to give, right? But if you're neglecting your physical home, you're going to be more stressed and less resilient. And it'll take a toll on your mental and emotional health, too. And we don't want that. So this week, I'm covering Baby Steps for Better Health little things you can do that will provide significant benefits to your whole being. And even beyond your own personal being, which is what we're talking about today with Katie Bowman of Nutritious Movement. Katie is a biomechanist, the author of Movement Matters, and someone you definitely want to follow on Instagram. I reached out to her for this week's theme because she always gets me thinking about health differently and taking different actions as a result. And that's what we're after. Katie, thank you for being here. It's so great to have you. Thank you for having me. I love everything you do. So pleasure to be a part of it. Oh, bless your heart. (laughs) You wrote a book called Movement Matters. So when you say movement, what do you mean exactly? And is there anything that you're not referring to that we might think you are? Well, movement is really just the way that we change the shape of our body as we're doing something with our body. It's the biggest category that exists really around this idea of physicality. But within movement, I think when I say movement, many people think exercise because that's what we're most familiar associating um, with movement or the term movement. But for me, I really expand beyond exercise to call out maybe the much more um, important to human experience movements, which would include physical activity and labor. So not only what you do to stay in shape, but also the movement that you do to accomplish the tasks of your daily life and then labor, which is really just all of the movement and work that it takes to take care of our, ourselves responsibly, I guess, the, from getting your food to getting your shelter. All of that takes a physical change in shape repeatedly. So that's what I mean by movement. Okay, great. I love that you talk about things that expand beyond just exercise, because I think people hear the word exercise and think like, oh my God, I got to go eat my broccoli. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So why does movement matter perhaps even more like in times like now when we're facing stressful situations like, oh, I don't know, the disruptions to regular life brought on by a pandemic or when we're in the crucible of creating society-wide changes? Oh, stressful situations. Yes, we know about these. Well, and I think that it's especially in these times where the delineation between exercise and movement is so helpful because certainly 
exercise helps with stress. And if you've been reading online, anyone, anyone been reading online, you'll see that um, alongside all of the explanations of things that are happening right now, there is this kind of theme about how to, you know, stay, stay exercising, keep your health, keep your physical resiliency up that, that it's, I, I like the way that you said it um, when we were talking before the show, it's like, um, it's almost a type of hygiene, right? It's, it's like, you know, you don't necessarily stop brushing your teeth when you're too stressed because you have this relationship with dental care or self-care at the basic hygiene level where you recognize it's really a, a basic essential. You, you're trained to do it. And movement is, it, is in that same category. Exercise is in that same category. In these particular times when it's stressful, if exercise is the only outlet you have, for movement and you had an exercise routine, even you had a place for exercising in your calendar, you had an actual place that you went to maybe for exercise, whether it was um, a gym or a yoga studio, or maybe even you had a sanctuary in your house that didn't have a bunch of people running through it at all times of the day. So we've lost really for many people the space to exercise but yet the need for the movement hygiene is still there because movement is really, it's part of how your body works. It would be akin to not eating. I mean, it is akin to not he eating. It's just that we don't really understand what movement hunger signs feel like. Mm. Um, we don't really interpret certain stresses that we feel the way our body feels. We associate them with like, my body feels this way, but it's maybe not associated with well, you haven't met your movement needs. These could be signs of movement hunger. And, you know, you'll do a little bit of movement and you're like, oh, I feel so much better. It's like, well, you, you had a symptom of movement hunger and you ate the movement and now the symptom went away rather than always looking at it like they're unrelated. That movement is this unrelated medicine that you can take for stress. You can look at them as they're related. That movement is a nutrient of sorts. And some of the stresses that we experience are just simply a deficit. They're a nutritional, movement nutritional deficiency. Wow, that's so cool. I've never really thought about signs of movement hunger. You know, you def I mean, I'm thinking about like, I'm a writer, right? So I sit at the computer and I notice that my neck and shoulders are getting tight. And I think like, oh, I'm working too much. I'm not thinking like, oh, I'm not moving enough. That's a really cool reframe. Something that I love about your writings and this book, Movement Matters, is that you get us thinking about movement, not just as a box to check for our own betterment, but also as an action that has broader benefits beyond our own health. Can you talk about those a little bit? Well, so movement matters, I try to explain, you know, I've been fascinated with movement and understanding and studying movement for a long time. But we live in um, a movement drought, really, we, we have all grown up in a sedentary culture, movement is a very small portion of our modern lives. So at some point I switched to studying sedentarism versus studying movement because, because you're always actually moving. It's just sometimes you go through long periods of not changing your body position. We call that stillness, but you're still moving your cells in the shape that you take. If you're sitting and working at your computer, you're still pressing on your joints. They're still at a certain angle. You're still adapting to the movement that you do, even if it's just repetitive positioning. So at some point, I switched to studying sedentarism. And when you recognize how much movement humans actually need and the diversity of movement that humans need for just a baseline of well-being, I was interested in how is that not like, how are we not getting our 
baseline? Like what, how, where did all the movement go? Hmm. In looking at different humans all over the planet and the ailments that different people in the planet have, and then their movement patterns, um, you get a, what's called a cross-cultural understanding of, of movement rather than only looking at one group that behaves a particular way. You look at the way many humans are living their lives and adjusting their physicality to their environment. And I came up with this idea of movement outsourcing, which is for many of us, this is, goes back to the definition of really labor that's inside of the, the wheel, the larger circle of movement. For many of us, we no longer do the physical motions of our basic essentials. Like we are a particular group that has the ability to outsource that. And so when you think of everything that we eat, for example, there's a ton of movement that goes into a meal. And it's not only the movements of chopping it in the kitchen or cooking it in the kitchen. Like you could certainly break down a meal and go from the lowest movement of a meal, which would be maybe swinging through takeout. Mm-hmm. it, And then you could go to like cooking it more in your kitchen, buying a wholer ingredients, which means they require more physical processing by you. And you can take a step back farther to maybe it's summertime. People are going to go berry picking. They're going to go apple picking. They're adding more physicality to their food. Then you can go back to the growers and then you can go back you know, all the way to things like foraging, which are what a lot of humans still do to subsist. So you can see that the movement within our food has gotten really, really small over a period of time, but the movement hasn't gone away. We've just stopped doing it and we've given it to other people to do. Mm. So that's where I think movement matters really starts to look at when a culture gets rid of all of their movement to other people or machines, other industry, a system of sorts, there is a the movement system, the food systems that we're all talking about right now, as we understand who's an essential worker, essential workers are often doing the labor in these larger kind of outsourcing systems that we participate in. And when you look at a sedentary group, then we've come up with exercise as the solution. But meanwhile, the outsourcing of movement to other people really doing our movement is still exists. So movement matters is really just a call to action to say, you can, the movements are the same, you know, the squats, the bends, the stretches, the twists, the lifts, the carries. We've got kind of an exercise system that has us picking up heavy objects that are just simply heavy objects to move from point A to point B. And there's a way to not only get those movements um, for your own body, but to kind of reclaim some of your own personal labor at the same time so that your impact is less on other people or other elements of the world. You Again, it's just like economic outsourcing. It's that same concept of bringing some of your movement closer to the source. That is more or less feasible depending on where you live and how you live. You know, not everyone has space for a garden, for example. Like if they're thinking like, right, I could grow a little bit more of my own food. So even something simple like walking to the grocery store would be a getting a little bit more movement for your food. You know, if you're going to go uh, for to grab takeout that you walk to do that. And again, it, this is all based on the environment in which you live. But the principle is to look at the things that you consume and say, how can I make it less mechanized, less outsourced? How can I put more of the original movement that went with these foods back into my own personal life? Not only for my personal physical benefit, because you still get the benefit from the exercise 
but in removing the burden that you've placed on these larger systems that we're starting to see how they work a little bit more clearly. Mm. It's making me think about all that pre-chopped produce that's in the right that's so tantalizing, like the the clear bowls of watermelon or cantaloupe or whatever. And even just like chopping your own cantaloupe is embracing more movement and, you know, less waste for the environment. You don't need the containers. It seems like there's a lot of ways you could spin this. And like you say, it's not just for better health. It kind of helps you become a better person, which is what I'm interested in. Yeah. Okay. If there were one thing that you wish listeners would do after hearing this podcast in terms of moving their bodies and in terms of like rethinking their movement and claiming more of it for themselves, what would it be? I've been doing more interviews right now and I'm trying to be mindful of the scenario many people are in, in terms of like having to be more inside or in a space or where like your actual movement is less Mm -hmm. in some way. So the first thing that I do recommend for people whether you're trying to get more exercise or you're trying to get more non-exercise movement is to look at your environment. So for many of us right now, where we're spending the most time is inside our homes. I mean, it could also be inside your office if you're still going, but I have now a home office. I think many people right now have a home office. Um, As you had said, you're spending long periods of time working and you have the effects of how that feels, or maybe you're having long periods of time in your home and you feel how that feels is to start thinking about like, maybe I have a movement deficiency. So how can I still do the thing that I need to do? Work on my computer, Mm -hmm. homeschool my kids, if that's what I'm doing. How can I do it in a way that gives me more movement while I'm doing it? So that could be just looking around at the place, the space that you're contained in to see if you can make it um, more dynamic. So what I'm recommending is Look at those extra pieces of furniture that are blocking floor space that are always beckoning that you sit down in a chair. You know, if you can kind of create a blank wall, you you years ago, you gave me a legs up the wall exercise for relaxation, something simple. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised the number of people who don't have wall space. And so it's like, okay, well, can we create the wall space now? The time to create wall space to move your own legs in your own home might be now. So Maybe you can clear off, move something, donate something. You know, I always say minimalism is really maximalism. If you can reduce the stuff to uh, maximize the space of your home, it'd be great. Create a floor sitting area. So maybe you don't have time to do a 40-minute stretching or yoga routine. But can you sit on the floor in a lot of those same positions while you're working on your computer? And in that way... You're getting your work done, but you're also getting the movement done. And then other things would be just to look at, you could pick a system. Food is so easy because everyone participates in the food system. Mm -hmm. So it would be, you're going to the grocery store. It would be selecting less processed ingredients. Um, It could be, the general topic, the, the general category is, can you add more purpose to your movement? So if you were gonna go on a, 30-minute walk or two 15-minute walks throughout the day, is there something that you can do on that walk that extends the purpose of the walk beyond just your personal physicality? Can you pick something up that you were going to go drive to do later? Can you drop something off? Can you be social in a way? Can you walk in a distance way but still connect with maybe more people in your community? 
If you need, if your children need alone time, can you take them on a walk where you're giving your child the attention, but you're both getting the physicality and the outside time that you also need? So it's really about kind of increasing the nutrient density of a period of time. Instead of only getting the movement, now you're getting movement and checking something else off the list um, or multiple things off the list. So if you can approach your lifetime looking for ways that you can add more movement in, not only are you getting the benefit of the movement, it's like a, it's an easy way to get more movement in a time when we feel maybe exercise is not as possible, but you're also taking the burden off various systems. I mean, even taking care of yourself well in the end reduces the burden to a system that might need to serve someone else less able to take good care of themselves, right? So it's this idea of, am I moving to my capacity? And then am I working to expand that capacity as much as possible as a way of, I guess, taking your own movement responsibility back? Right. And I think what's so cool about everything that you're suggesting is that when you kind of start to see it through this lens, you do start to see how many opportunities you have for movement. Yeah. I just have to add that one thing that I've been doing to like add more nutrition to my movement is I have been in the beginning of quarantine, I was taking kids with me because they needed outside time and they needed movement time. And then somewhere along the way, I realized that I had a pretty serious alone time deficit. So I have been like very gladly taking walks just by myself. But I think that's taking a lot of pressure off my family system because then I can come back and be like present and pleasant and more enjoyable to be around. And I definitely think that um, alone time is a need for a lot of people. So it's not to say that for many people, I think too, their exercise time was their alone time. And so I think when you have, um, when you're approaching your exercise box as 60 minutes a day, then it makes it, how could you possibly add more to it? That was already the only hour I got to myself. That was the only hour of self-care that I had. So I'm not really asking anyone to take their exercise time and add more to it. It's to take their non-exercise time and add movement to it, if that makes sense. And I think in that way, you're going to get more. So it's not about multitasking during the period of time that you already carved away. It's about recognizing that there is way more space for movement in your life than you realize, but it's going to take some it's going to take a different lens mm. in which to see it. And one of those is the smaller, isolated movements outside of an exercise context where there's all the cultural cues of exercises happening right now, whether it's like you've put on your exercise outfit or you are on your ex- with your exercise tools or you're, you're with your exercise teacher or you're in exercise building, that those still count. And because we don't, Because we have only labeled movement as exercise, we don't really recognize that the bags of shredded carrots are missing the arm movements that you do for shredding. And as trite as those may seem, if people were aware how many people went to physical therapy because they can't grasp and use their elbows or wrists in fine motor movements, that they're actually getting therapy for the movement that we've outsourced convenience. So I always say that when you turn to convenience, you're not really ever saving time. You're only saving movement because the need for the movement is still there. 
you could get rid of having to do it. You could give it to someone else to do, but you can't outsource the need for it. The hygiene is there. So, or the need, the need to move all of your parts in certain ways are still there. So it's, it's kind of neat though, within um, quarantine time, what are we seeing? We're seeing people who have more, what I call time space. You, you've actually got a volume of time that's unaccounted for mm-hmm. in some ways. So people are doing what they're baking. Like Instagram just basically looks like a bread oh. commercial. It's just one giant sourdough commercial. They're like, look at, look at what I'm doing. And, and then that's when you start to see that reclaiming some of your own like uh, labor movements. Like we'll just talk about food. It's not only that you are moving more. It's not only that you're burdening many systems less, the environmental system, people who don't have any other option but to do our labor. You know, there's, there's multiple systems involved. You are either remembering or you are learning that there are, is joy to be found in doing these things, that these are skills. Just like in the same way, when a, when a little kid gets a new mundane skill, like using a fork, and we all cheer, that's amazing. But there's a certain point in which we've stopped valuing, like learning not just the thing, like textbook and the thing or the test scores on the thing, but the physical making of the thing, which is a physical. We've gotten to the point where a lot of our learning is not about practical skills or doing. They're very much symbol, you know, reading, writing, answering written questions. And so like things like sewing, things like knitting, these are movement skills, things like making bread, things like being able to grow a garden. These are movement skills. And so I it's much more than movement and deburdening of a system. That might be our where we have to be motivated from at first, but once you do it, you're like, oh my gosh, there's joy. Right. Like I, my body feels better, and it's good for your psychology, your spirituality. Like all these things are nourished by you doing the thing for yourself, making the thing, creating right. the thing. Like we made whipped cream, our own whipped cream, the other day, and the kids were so into it. That's totally what you're talking about. Although, I mean, they love the novelty of squeezing the, the can right into their mouth. But I was like, no, we're going to whip this. And they were like, mommy, it's hard. And uh, yeah, we That's persevered. Right. It was really cool. All right. But it's chemistry. You know what I mean? Like, it's chemistry. Right. And it's not like a thing that just ends up in a trash heap. Yeah. You know, it's like this is, you know, and it's not, it's, I think it's also, we can't really imagine a life. That's not ours, right? That's challenging. But all these things that we have, they're recently onset. These are all recently onset items that have permeated our life. Like we just don't really remember. Like I tried to, I had to make meringue by hand. Meringue. Like, like it, I, I, I thought I would have to have, you know, like I would have a sports injury when I was done. It was so hard. But my grandmother did it no problem. My grandmother did it in her 80s no problem because she always wow, had. Right. So it's just like, it's mis- we're missing that we're missing the making muscles. We're missing our making muscles. And a lot of it's knowledge. You know, when I, we did the same thing, we made butter, we made whipped cream for a group of kids. And they were like, is this where it comes from? <laughs> right. It's this idea of understanding where food comes from. We we're kind of lost some of that basic stuff. So it's a good time to start thinking about how can I layer essential knowledge, like food, your food system is the, maybe the most essential knowledge that we have with something that you've already identified that you want for yourself, more movement, more family time, more now, more learning that you can facilitate that doesn't feel necessarily like workbook learning. You know, like th- this is such a good time 
to understand and apply these principles because they're part of the much larger solution. Not, not just the solution of waiting it out, but the solution of recognizing our ro- the role of sedentarism and even how these things come to be. Very cool. Katie, where can people who are listening to us and wanting to hear more from you, where can they go? Come to my house. <laughs> and walk there. <laughs> um, okay. Or, yeah. Or a Nutritious Movement is a really great um, giant massive website with months worth of reading and there's podcasts you can listen to. If you just want to start simply, Instagram is a really good place, I would say, to see a lot of what I'm talking about in action. I try to share just examples of quick movements, like just and like they're usually done in the context of my actual life, which is with my two children around and, you know, dealing with the messy parts of life. So cool. Yeah. And yeah. you are you nutritious movement on Instagram? Nutritious movement. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Kate. Back to Kate again with today's tiny assignment. So to take Katie's insights and put them into practice, find one way you can add some more movement to your non-exercise time today. Maybe that's working on the floor with your computer resting on the coffee table and sitting in a straddle while you do it. Or maybe it's buying a whole melon at the store instead of the stuff that's pre-cut. Or buying heavy whipping cream and making your own whipped cream instead of grabbing the can. Or walking instead of driving to wherever it is you need to go today. Whatever you decide, know that it's good for your body and good for the world. This is an intense time on multiple levels. If you'd like a little hand-holding and direction on doing the things that help you stay grounded, I've got a gift for you. I compiled all the tips I covered in my 21-day Calm the F Down Challenge, which I ran here on the podcast starting in late April, into a mini ebook that you can download for free. All you have to do is go to katehanley.com slash calm down and input your email address so I know where to send it. I promise to keep your contact information confidential. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 